Sunday, 24th of December, 2023. Maybe today. But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. Acts 23, 6. Paul just proclaimed that he was unaware that the one who ordered him to be struck was the high priest. Now, before anyone else could chime in, he continued his words. Luke notes, But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, we are told how Paul perceived some to be Sadducees and some Pharisees. It is possible they maintained certain seats, just as Congress does for those on the right and those in the wrong. It could be that they wore garbs that identified them. He also may have recognised some of them, even after these many long years. What may be more probable, based on what had just occurred, is that the attack by the High Priest prompted the Pharisees to react negatively towards him in their words or demeanour. Is this how Sadducees act in the Sanhedrin? Whatever brought the fact to his attention, he was ready to act quickly in order to take advantage of the situation. Perceiving this division as he did, he cried out in the council. Paul was not the timid sort. He obviously had a quick temper. Jesus also was not timid, but his time before the rulers was markedly different. Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would stand before his accusers and not open his mouth. That is confirmed in the Gospels. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marvelled greatly. Matthew 27, 11-14 Other than responding to direct questions, Jesus remained silent. Paul, however, openly spoke out at his trial. His words to them are next recorded by Luke, saying, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee! the son of a Pharisee. His declaration is given with express intent and purpose. He first cordially addressed all. This would help him gain the upper hand through his gracious address. Those disposed to his coming words will feel the fraternal bond more closely. He then carefully noted his position within the society. Not only was he a Pharisee, but the tradition in his family preceded him. This was intended to bind him directly to one party while separating him theologically from the other. This was the Roman tactic known as divide e impera, divide and rule. The words son of a Pharisee can have one of a few meanings. It could mean that his father was literally a Pharisee, or it could mean that he was a student of the Pharisees, just as a son of the prophets indicates one who was in the school of the prophets. It would then indicate an adherence to the tenets and traditions of the body. The latter seems likely, as any Pharisee standing there could make the latter claim. However, it is still possible that he was claiming that his present doctrine matched that of the Pharisees, even if he had diverted from a future messianic hope to a hope that was fully realised in the coming of Christ Jesus. This is something that would sync with his next words, concerning the hope 
and resurrection of the dead. In order to fully identify with the Pharisees, he openly avowed one of the tenets to which they ascribed, but which the Sadducees denied, meaning this hope and resurrection of the dead. The fact is that most or all of the Pharisees probably didn't have a full understanding at this point of what he was being questioned about. He was accused of certain things while in the temple. He was then arrested by the Romans. When the commander of the Roman contingent couldn't fully determine how to handle Paul's situation, he was brought before the council. Paul, without fabricating a thing, says that he was standing there before the council because of this hope. This is a true statement because it was the sole purpose of his apostolic ministry. Jesus had become the reason for everything he did. Therefore, regardless of the surface reason why he was arrested, it ultimately came back to the thought in these words. It was for this that he proclaimed, I am being judged. In proclaiming his hope and the resurrection of the dead, he would completely divide the assembly down party lines. At this, no other tenant would matter to the Pharisees. At the same time, it would be objectionable to the Sadducees who stood against any such notion. As for Paul's status before them, it is debated whether his words were actually correct in the fullest sense. Was he really a Pharisee at this point? The answer is that he was no less a product of his training than a graduate of a university. A person with a degree from Yale is an alum of Yale, regardless of whether he continued to accept the tenets of his training or not. Paul cannot be said to have lied or even stretched the truth in his claim, at least from the perspective of the tenant concerning the resurrection. His masterful proclamation here can be tied back to Jesus' words in Mark 13, 9-11. But watch out for yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Life Application Paul was in a bit of a pickle until he avowed his faith in the hope and resurrection of the dead. In this he made a clear delineation between what he believed and what he rejected. If you are willing to speak about your faith, you must be prepared to do the same. Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe Jesus is God. Do you? If you do, you need to be willing to state this, correcting their deceit. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. We are not to greet such people or welcome them because when we do, we implicitly condone their evil deeds. However, this does not mean we cannot stand in the same doorway and speak against their false doctrine. There are churches that do not support the modern nation of Israel. In fact, they openly speak against it. What is your stand on this issue? One thing is for sure. If you openly express what you believe, either way, you will be initiating a divide. Some will claim, we shouldn't talk about such matters. Rather, we should focus on love. 
that is simply an attempt to make the issue which actually exists and which is theologically important go away. Theology by its very nature is divisive. There is a right way and a wrong way in all major biblical themes. Decide now what points of doctrine you will stand on and whether you are willing to debate them or not. That way you will be prepared to either pass on the issue or defend it. One more point to consider is the timing of such a debate. If you are evangelizing someone who knows nothing about the Bible, it will be important to defend the deity of Christ right then and there. And yet it would not be profitable to get into the details of why you support Israel or not, unless that was the reason you got into the conversation in the first place. The first issue is of paramount importance in gospel-related discussion. The second is not. Learn to use tact and prudence, remembering the forum in which you are currently speaking. Lord God, give us wisdom in our discussions about our theology and particular points of doctrine that we ascribe to. May we speak when it is necessary and refrain from speaking when it is not. Our goal should be to be helpful and productive in whatever situation we find ourselves in. So, Lord, help us in this. Amen. Some of the men in the meeting were Sadducees, and others were Pharisees. My brothers, I am a Pharisee and my father was a Pharisee. I am on trial here because I hope that people will rise from death. At 